0: I'm Joel Sharpton, co-host of Always Listening Podcast Reviews, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves and overcoming your doubts. The chasing dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams. Amy J. Hey
2: dream chasers. This is Amy J. And thank you for tuning in to episode 55 with chasing dreams. And, um, We had to start immediately, guys, because I keep talking to this next guest, and I would have just forgotten to record, and that's just how how awesome this is. My new friend, uh, who I just met recently, and we didn't have enough time to hang, is Joel Sharpton, who fell backwards into the radio business and found the perfect platform for his unstoppable motor mouth. Joel is a host of What Makes Weird and co-host of the always listening podcast reviews show from Josh and Joel, a voiceover artist, audio editor, audio book narrator, and a happy father of four and lucky husband to one. You can find his blog, his posts and more at Joelsharpton.com. And all those links and anything we mentioned today, guys will be on the show notes page. And Joel, you have such an amazing voice guys. Didn't you hear it on that intro that he did? Uh, you, it's good thing that you're doing voiceover because otherwise I would recommend it.
0: So uh, I say you, uh, you know you said there in the in the uh, intro in my little my little bio section that I fell backwards into radio, but that is exactly what happened. I. Here's what I wanted to be when I grew up. First of all, I wanted to be an astronaut uh, when I was a small child until I found out that astronauts uh, couldn't eat regular food in space. And I'm a really picky eater, and I like uh, plain hamburgers and french fries, and they don't serve those things uh, at NASA. And so I I said, nope, astronaut's not for me. Uh, And so next on the list became a lawyer. I loved legal shows on TV, Law & Order. I would stay up uh, past my bedtime and, and watch it in bed on, on my little bedroom TV. And, and I don't know why, but I just, uh, Hank McCoy was always, I thought, the smartest guy in the room and I wanted to be that guy. So I went to college with the idea of being a lawyer. I was going to go to pre-law. I did political science and I was going to take, you know, a lot of sociology classes and English classes. And then I was going to go on to law school. And I found out uh, over the course of the first year and a half or so that lawyers don't do a lot of actual courtroom work. They do mostly paperwork. And I was like, well, that's not for me. True story. What do you want to do? Right. So I'm like, then what are you going to do? So I, I was going to be a teacher uh, and then I was going to be an actor. And I found out actors need to mostly move around until they can become famous. And then maybe they can can plant roots somewhere. But mostly they need to work where where the they need to go where the work is. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to have roots. So here I am. I'm graduating college. I've got a political science and theater degree. I've got like 120 hours in theater <laughs> over the course of, uh, you know, the five years that I was in college. And what am I going to do with my life? And I had a buddy that said, have you ever thought about radio? We've had some theater kids that have gone and worked part-time for the local radio station, and they've been successful, and um, you've got a great voice. You should, you should really look into that. I was on the air that night. I came, talked to the general manager. I met the program director from the, this local station group. They had four FM stations at the time, or three FM stations and an AM station. And um, they put me on the air that night. I, I started doing overnight voice tracking is what they call it. I recorded my shift and that was midnight to 6 a.m. And I would come in at like, you know, six or seven o'clock at night. I'd do odd jobs during the day after I woke up. And then I'd come, I'd work six to, to midnight or six to 11 or so. And then I'd wrap up, leave the station, go home and stay up and listen to myself for a couple of hours um, to to get an idea of what I sounded like and things that I could do to improve. I'd make notes and then I'd pass out, I'd sleep late, I'd get up the next morning and come back and do it again. And uh, that's, that's how I started. That was in 2004. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like uh, the, the story about bankruptcy. It happens slowly at first and then all at once. Um, you get good at something the same way. I was not very good at radio. I don't think I had that great a voice. But I've been working on this for a long time. I started in theater at... at uh, twelve years old uh, in community theater, and I've done co- community, collegiate, you know, low-level professional theater, and now I've done radio for twelve years. So, as uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, you know, contests, I have put in my ten thousand hours.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely tell. And so, guys, I met Joel at Podcast Movement, which is where I met a number of fantastic, amazing, wonderful people. Um, some of whom you have already met and can, will meet in future episodes. He gave a talk and he gave one of the initial talks. I think it was in the morning. So even one of the first few talks that I had heard when the conference began. So it was kind of like the pre-conference day. Is that safe to say pre-conference day?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so I was, I was part of that, and I think I was like the third speaker in our room. There were yeah, two think... rooms going at once, but I think I was the third speaker and PMX is the actual title of it. And I'm really excited about how this has grown over the past couple of years. But it's basically um, for people who get into the event early, there's a full day of, of speakers. And these are sort of like TEDx-style talks, 10 minutes, 15 minutes apiece, um, you know, on a one uh, central topic. And generally, uh, especially this year, they're done with without the accoutrement, so to speak. There's no slides. There's no, uh, you know, sound effects or anything like that. It's just the speaker on stage.
2: And it's actually it, – I mean – number of wonderful talks Don't I mean there were two rooms probably about what what maybe 25 speakers I guess yeah 18. at
0: least at least over the yeah over the course of the two days or excuse me the, the the two sessions there was one in the morning and then one in the afternoon and then two rooms going the whole time too yeah it was at least 25 speakers I would think and it's it's a great like added value and also it's absolutely free to the public technically like you know you didn't have to have a, a podcast movement badge to get into that event. Um, so if, if you were someone who was in the Chicago area, but you're like, oh, I couldn't afford to get into the convention this year or the conference this year, or or I couldn't afford to stay in the city the whole time, this was an opportunity to come and get some of that interaction, get some of that info and get a lot of the networking without actually having to, you know, pay the piper so to speak. So I think it's really a great deal. I hope that more people take advantage of it um next year in Anaheim.
2: Yeah, I absolutely do hope they do it again and, and more people do it because you don't have to be a expert at podcasting to attend. In fact, you don't even have to podcast at all because your talk was on audiobooks and voiceover, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's what yeah, you talked and- about. And- so what happened was about actually before I went to Podcast Movement 2015, um, a year and, and change ago, I was listening to a podcast featuring uh, Wayne Henderson. I'm 99 I'm percent certain that the episode was on Podcasters Group Therapy, which is a great show. Uh, it's rarely produced these days, but it features some buddies of mine, Nick Schuberling, Corey Fineran, and Tawny Finnerin. Uh, and, and I've gotten to know the three of them really, really well over the past couple of years. Uh, Corey and Tawny were interviewing Wayne and they were talking about at the end of the episode, they, they all give sort of like their tip of the week or their tool of the week. And a lot of times it's a podcast that they've found that they've really fallen in love with. Sometimes it's a new piece of software or an app that they found or something like that. And Wayne, mentioned this service called acx.com and he said oh i'm really excited about this it's from audible and amazon it's all part of that conglomerate and it's a way to allow you to go up and audition for audiobooks to narrate audiobooks for these people uh independent publishers and independent authors can come and big publishing houses can do it too and some of really big authors are on this service neil gaiman's on this service for instance you know uh stephen king has a book in in acx.com and um so he was touting the, the possibilities of this service. And I wrote all the information down. Like literally, I think I pulled over to the side of the road and, and wrote all the information down, made a note of it and everything. And within the week, I was signed up. I had created my profile. Within the month, I had gotten my first audiobook book uh, narration contract. And within another month and a half or so, I had finished that book, and it was already in stores. So by the time I went to Podcast Movement 2015, I was selling an audio book already. I got there and I got to shake Wayne's hand. I got to shake Wayne Henderson's hand and tell him, thank you for turning me on to it. He had still not created his profile on ACX.com. Yeah. By then you've
2: been doing it. Exactly.
0: I was already doing it. And he was like, I'm so glad it's working for you. I want to talk to you more about it. And he and I have talked several times since then. Now I got to podcast movement 2016. and, And as I was, Getting into the, you know, as we were moving through the calendar, I was like, people are not talking about this opportunity. Podcasters in particular don't seem to know that this service is out there and that they could use the skills and the hardware and the software that they already know how to use through podcasting to actually make themselves money. I think this is really something cool that more people should know about. And so I I developed a little talk. I, I basically wrote a little framework that I wanted to give with the basic information and my story doing it. And I was like, okay, I'll put this together and explain it to people, and and I can share that at Podcast Movement 20, uh, 2016. So when I got there, I did. I spoke at PMX and I ran into Wayne Henderson again, and he still hadn't gotten his first audio book. He had created <laughs> his profile, but he hadn't he hadn't gotten his first audio book. He was really choosy, I think, on his on his auditions. Uh, and and the last time I talked to him, I, I'm not sure actually whether he's he's booked a gig, but I know that he is actively trying to get one now. So he's finally on on board with this. But it is such a great opportunity, Amy. And there are thousands and thousands of books that are, that are written every day, and with the growth of audio, the audio entertainment period is only a growth medium, I think. If you look at the way that society is changing and the way that our, our work life is changing and the way that our commute is changing, the way that city structures are changing, audio is only going to be more in demand over the next uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, I think. So audio books are going to be a big portion of that. Podcasts are going to be a huge part of it, too, and I'm podcasting, and I want all of you to be podcasting, and that's what this is, right? But… For podcasters, I think we need to be aware of audiobooks and in particular, here's the beauty of what audiobooks do for me, Amy. It allows me to stop worrying so much about the monetization of my show. Right? Everybody wants to know how they can make their podcast pay so that they can keep doing it or do it more. That is a noble goal, and there's nothing wrong with trying to do that. I, for instance, uh, have moved my podcast. We host with Blog Talk Radio, and they do dynamic advertising. So before you listen to my an episode of my show, Always Listening, you'll hear an ad from Geico, or you may hear an ad from Wendy's, or you may hear an ad from you know Lincoln. And I get a very small portion of that. but I say a very small portion. That's not true. I, I get a very respectable portion, but it is a small CPM. The, the ad rate is very low because of the way that those ads are, are purchased. But over time, that's going to raise because of the shift in podcasting. And short term, even for me, what it's done is it's taken my podcast from being a cost because I got to pay for the hosting to being a slight positive into my bank account. But what the show that I want to do is a very niche show. I want to review podcasts. That's never going to be huge. Nobody's ever going to put me on NBC. HBO is never going to pay me, you know, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to do that podcast. But my audience loves it and I love it and I want to continue to do it. So what my job then is to find ways to use the skills, the software and the hardware that I already have because I'm doing that podcast, because I've developed these skills and, and this know-how, how can I turn those into dollars for myself? And and that way I could free up some of these other you know drudgery things that I don't want to be doing. Um, and I think every podcaster has that opportunity. Not everybody is a radio guy. Not everybody has years of audio editing skills. I'm also an independent podcast editor, so that's another way that I'm making revenue. Not everybody has that opportunity. But if you were a podcaster, you've probably got a decent microphone, you've probably got a quiet place to record, and some time to do it without the distraction or the noise of your of your family. You've also got the software to edit it and the software to record it. That's literally all the things that you need to do to create a quality audio book.
2: And guys, Why, why ju- aren't we all doing it? You've just heard uh joel's pmx talk i mean because it's true yeah, pretty much
0: I, I boiled it down into like a five minute version I, w- I wanted to i wanted to get it in there uh you know quite quickly for you but
2: <laughs> i mean that's it's it, true man. like it's true yeah, yeah. because you have the equipment you have the thing and you're it's not like you have to go out and get more stuff and acx membership is free when you do it yes so absolutely why not the one thing and, i will disagree with you on is that you absolutely may be on tv you should Try Netflix because apparently there's a knitting in Netflix uh, that's popular now it just came out apparently really if, yeah, and if that if that can be on Netflix, why can 't a podcast review show you never I, know hey, I mean
0: I will say this i am i am I am in this for the long haul you know we we're over a hundred reviews now in our show. we were originally called Pod on Pod, we rebranded a year in uh, to always listening, and, and we 're sticking with that from here on out, but we are exactly that we are always listening this is something that i want to continue to do no matter where else my career may go i, I spend time you know every week or every couple of weeks with my buddy josh he is m- my best friend and he and i love podcasts like pretty much nothing else in our lives other than maybe our, our wives and children and and this is the medium and this is our way into it. We want to share our love of this medium, and we want to help everybody find their next favorite podcast. So we're going to keep doing that. We we have called ourselves before uh, the Siskel and Ebert of podcasting, and I would very much like that to be the case. So we're going to keep producing uh, great content and great reviews. And, and, yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday Netflix does come calling. Uh, maybe iTunes comes calling. Whatever. We're open to those ideas.
2: <laughs> right? You never know. Maybe Entertainment Weekly is like, hey, can you guys just give us the uh, the. The narrative, the text of what you just said, and we'll just pop it in. Because I love what you're doing. That's really cool, is because you also open up to audiences other podcasts they may not have considered. Right, it's it's very yeah. Cool. Well, and
0: the and the other thing that we like to do, uh, episode to episode, is is we like to use the particular podcast that we're discussing to discuss the medium of podcasting and the business of podcasting. Some too. So, like, if you go back and listen to an episode, for instance, when we reviewed Startup, we really took that as an opportunity. We did review Startup, and we tell you a little bit about the show, and we tell you what it's like, and we give you some clips of the show and everything. But we also use that as an opportunity to talk about our podcast as if it were a startup itself as if it were a business and it reframed the entire way that we looked at our show and you can see the direct result of that is we rebranded the show, we changed our format pretty significantly, we, we raised our production values, we, like really, we we made a big pivot because of us looking at another show in a critical fashion and discussing the ways that they arrived at what they were doing and why they were doing it and why it's successful now. Um, and we do that week to week. We talk about a show and, and we start talking about, okay, this show is you know phone call focused, for instance, and why that might be a bad thing or why that might be a good thing, and then we Maybe mention some of the technolo- technological advancements that have happened in podcasting that are helping this become a less common issue or less of a problem for your average podcaster. It's a it's a window into the broader medium that we love so much.
2: And it's really cool that you give it that spin. And guys, the link to that podcast will be in the show notes, so definitely check it out. And I kind of wish I knew about it before. I mean, because talking offline, you were at Podcast Movement 2015, and you had, I believe... Just got in. You had been podcasting for a bit, and I was at Podcast Movement 2015. So I'm a little bummed we didn't run into each other then.
0: Yeah. I so here's the the growth of my business could also track, and someday maybe I'll write uh, at least a lengthy blog series about this, if not a, a book. But my personal growth. So so here's what happened, and it is directly resultant into my diving slowly at first and then all at once into the area and the medium of podcasting. So I, I, as I told you, I was in radio in 2004. I started podcasting in 2012. My, my best friend, Josh Shirley, who is a, um, he is the. Uh, I'm trying to think what is his title. He is the managing partner for the local raisin canes here in Ruston, Louisiana. That's that's his day job. So he, he's in the food service industry. He is a respectable member of the business community. And I was the you know upstart rascally DJ guy. Uh, recently divorced, uh, single at the time. He was married and, and stable. I had two kids that I was uh, two sons that I was uh, you know had half custody of i I had them half the time uh and uh and so that was the life that we had and what we started was this silly little explicit comedy podcast it was the two of us getting together every week and being silly and crass and crude and making fun of each other and making fun of uh news stories and and whatever it was like every other podcast with two white guys that you've ever heard (laughs) pretty much you know um and, and there was nothing wrong with that, and we started it – our main goal when we started it was to ensure that we got to hang out an hour every week. His schedule was busy. My schedule was getting more busy all the time, and we loved to spend time with each other. And I thought we used Kevin Smith and Scott Moser, actually the guys behind podcast as an inspiration. That's exactly how they started their show. They wanted to guarantee time with each other, and so we did too. And I said, okay, we'll put it out as a podcast and by scheduling it and by making it public, you sort of make it mandatory and you give yourself a responsibility to do it. And then it's, it's not just you hanging out with your buddy. You also have this show to do. So it worked. It worked great. What happened over the course of a year and a half or so is through doing it, through actually doing the work, he fell even more in love with podcasting than he already was. He listened to a lot at the time, but he was not the aficionado that I already was. By the time we're a year and a half in, we're both listening to not dozens, but you know, more than 100 each podcast on a regular basis and, and staying current on them. And so what would happen is every week we would come in to record and the first five or ten minutes we would spend in the studio, we would talk about the new podcasts that we had discovered that week. We wouldn't talk about the show. We would just talk about these shows that we had listened to. And I don't know. We had done that a month or two months maybe. And Josh says one day, you know, this is a better podcast than the one we're doing. <laughs> we should really do this as a show. And he was right. It was immediately, as soon as he said it, it was like the universe smacked you in the face with it. You know, like, why is this not obvious to you? And it was. It was. So we began to craft that show. We found some partners to help us put it together, and we created Pod on Pod. We launched it, and the original goal was to keep both shows juggling at once. We quickly found that that was not the case. And it wasn't just because of time issues. It was because the creative juice was was so hot on the new show. The idea was good, and the concept was good, and it was stirring our passions in a way that the old concept wasn't anymore and the need that the old show was filling which was just us hanging out as friends was gone so we finally let that go we we, we turned it away and we closed it down for good so now we're only focusing on pod on pod um, when we came to podcast movement 2015 we made a lot of great friends there we knew cory Fennerin and tawny Fennerin before that through the internet but we hadn't actually seen them in public we had uh, seen them in in you know person we hadn't met Nick Schuberling in person we we not only did we meet those uh, three folks, but we lived with them for the weekend at podcast movement twenty fifteen We rented a an Airbnb house with them, nice. uh, which my wife still says was weird uh, to live with strangers, but we had a great time. We really got to know each other well that way, and now we are honestly that's three people that I'm going to count on for the rest of my life. those are great friends and and, and great like business associates too now um, but the big meeting that we had at, at podcast uh twenty fifteen was Jay Soderberg. Uh a lot of people in the podcast area may know him as, as Pod Vader. He worked for ESPN for years. He was the sort of the the founder of the Feast, of their pod center. Um, He was the executive producer, I think, on pretty much everything that came through their their podcast world for the longest period of time. And in particular, the show that I knew him from was um, ESPN Fantasy Focus Football with Matthew Berry and Nate Ravitz. He had been the producer of that show and was a, you know, the producer also talked on, on that podcast. He was a um, a member of the panel, so to speak. You know, it was a very lively fantasy football show and I just got the maximum amount of enjoyment out of it. Out of It, it was one of the first podcasts that I got into and listened to every day. You know, went, as soon as it would come out, I would listen to that one. And I loved what he was doing. He was winning awards left and right. He was doing all sorts of innovative things there at, at ESPN. And, he had we had actually developed a relationship through Twitter with him. We had reached out to him there and sort of email correspondence kind of thing. And then he moved. He left ESPN and went to Blog Talk Radio. We did not have a good concept of Blog Talk Radio at the time. They had been known for connecting podcasters over the phone network, basically, and so the audio was never very good. And it, it was a lot of like conspiracy theory shows and like. Um, you know, religious programming and far right talk radio politic type shows and things like that. And just nothing that was up our alley, really. Sports, a lot of sports, too. And they had made a big pivot. That's not what they were doing anymore. And he was had told us, you know, oh, we're doing new things. We're really focusing on quality content. Now we've got this great dynamic ad insertion thing that we're doing. And, and I'd love to talk to you guys about moving your show to us. And so we got to meet him in person. And he was a great guy and he had great things to say about our show and made some really good suggestions for ways we could change. And that blossomed into us moving over eventually to Blog Talk Radio and and joining them um, with our show. And I I moved my solo show over there as well. That relationship has led to just like domino after domino after domino. But the big lesson for me at the end of 2015 was uh, – podcast movement 2015 was that I need to have – What happened with Jay Soderbergh, he was standing in the bar, uh, you know, right there at the bar talking with his friends, and I'm standing on the other side of the bar with my little group, and I say to my wife, there he is, there's there's Pod Vader, that's him right there, I recognize him, and she says, go up and tell him who you are and say hello, and I said, no, I don't want to bother him. She says, "You guys know each other. You've talked to him by email. You've exchanged like he's he knows who you are. He's expecting to meet you here. Why would you not be willing?" And I said, "Well, I don't want to bother him." Well, you she nervous? She says, "It's not that you don't. Yeah, I was. I was incredibly nervous. And I'm a guy. I've been on radio for years. I've been on. You know, I've I've done public speaking even. But interpersonal relationships are they do not come natural to me. In particular, like that first that opening salvo is not natural to me. It is so uncomfortable. And that's she told me she." Or, you know, my secrets. She says, you're not worried about him. You're not worried about bothering him. You're worried about bothering you. And I went, oh, mm. oh, I am. I am worried about bothering That's me. That's a great change of perspective like, there. She's like, but you're doing it for you. You're going over there for you. It's not for him. You don't have anything really to offer him other than you are a good guy and he, and he would do well to know you. But you're going over there for you. So why would it be bothering you to go and and meet this guy? And I'm like, you're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. I will. So I stumbled over there and I did it. And, and the blessings (laughs) literally that have flowed out of just reaching out my hand and saying, Hey, Jay, I'm Joel Sharpton. Good to, good to finally meet you. And I'm the always listening guy. I'm the, or I'm the pod on pod guy at the time. And, and I can't like innumerable things in my life have come from just literally putting out that, that one hand. And so when I when I went to Podcast Movement twenty sixteen I said to myself, "You've got to be different. Like you have to make a point to when you see someone and you think that would be an interesting person. You don't have to know how they're going to be interesting in your life, and you don't have to worry about scheduling time with them. You don't have to worry about well, when will I make time to be friends with this person? Are they going to follow me on Twitter? Are am I going to like their blog? You know, am I going to listen to their? It, none of that matters." It's a human being. It's a human being who may be a person who you would love to spend time with and vice versa. So when you see that and you feel that at all and there's any inclination whatsoever about, hey, I should say hello to that person, you should always say hello to that person. Like you – that's, that's – that's, you've got to get over whatever it is that's slowing you down to do that. So that is the number one thing that changed in me over the course of the year. It didn't get any easier for me really. I just understand the importance of it and I am willing to lean into the uncomfortable – nature of it. And so that is why you and I did not meet at twenty fifteen, Podcast Movement twenty fifteen, and it's why we were never going to miss each other at Podcast Move at twenty sixteen. Because I had I had seen your uh, your shtick with the Chasing Dreams <laughs> uh, uh, board. And I thought, I want my picture with that little whiteboard. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know what that show is about. I don't know what Amy is doing, but she seems like a very nice person. And I want a picture with one of those boards. And so I knew that that was going to happen sometime during the thing. I also knew if I did that, you had a plan with those pictures. So at some point after the fact, I was either going to get a Facebook notification or a Twitter notification or or an email that says hey here's your photo that i took of you and here's where i put it up on my website or here's the information that i have and here's what i've done with this thing or something and that would then give us an opportunity to follow up and and actually have an interaction no matter what our time frame allowed for at podcast movement 2016 so open the doors open the doors turn on the faucets make sure that the that the water is working so to speak i you know allow yourself to be available for opportunities
2: i think that's absolutely y- yes because when you spoke at PMX, your personality came through, and I was like, he seems like a genuinely funny, energetic, nice guy, someone I would want to talk to. I want him to hold the board. And I was kind of known at this. Uh, people are like, yeah, you're the sign girl. Or I've seen you. <laughs> right? You know, it's a great starter <laughs> to meet people. And so Joel was walking past me in the hallway, and I was I've been trying to get you for two days and I, we just kept missing each other or something. And I think it was a Saturday or Friday and I saw you and I was like, Hey, you had a great talk. Uh, I saw you speak. I'm Amy and I do the signs and we had to make it happen. That moment. It was great.
0: No, I absolutely. Well, and here's the thing too, like I, uh, and I've talked to several people about this. If you if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, podcast movement sounds like something really cool, I need to go. When you're making your plans, go ahead and plan on getting the, I believe in the next year the virtual ticket's going to be an add-on. you don't it's not included in the base price or whatever. So get the virtual ticket. and I'm telling you why now. What I found at podcast movement was every time that I sat in a session <laughs> and I actually sat through the whole session, afterwards i would go into the hallway or i would open up twitter and i would find something amazing that i missed happening in the hallways or my friends got to do or some interaction that someone had uh, out in the like the you know the lounge or the lobby or whatever Likewise, when I would skip a session, when I would say, you know, I'd really like to go to this, but I, but I'm, I'm not. I'm going to stay out here and maybe uh, make the rounds and see the booths or something like that. Something amazing would happen. I, I had, I had long interactions with Aaron Mankey, for instance, who is the host of Lore, which is. I mean, it's probably my absolute favorite podcast right now. We reviewed it back in the fall of last year, and, and I just I fell in love immediately. And he, I'm really enjoying what he's doing, too, as a business owner. He's, he's gone fully independent as a podcaster. He was a writer and a graphic designer in the past and an author, and he's tried a bunch of things to make it work. But now he's fully creative all the time as a podcaster, and he's going to be a TV uh, star, too. Uh, not himself, but he's, his, show his show is going to be yeah. turned into a TV show. Yeah. So I had like a 30-minute chat with him in the middle of the, you know, the hallways there and a genuine person, he and I made connections on social media. That's going to be an ongoing relationship. Now he's sort of famous, you know, at least in our little circle of people. And yet he, that was a genuine person, a real human being. And I would not have had that opportunity if I had been sitting in the session, the same thing happened for friends. of mine. I didn't get to meet him, but several of my friends got to meet Kevin Smith in the same way. I had an an incident like that with Alex Bloomberg from, you know, planet money and, and uh, this America life and Gimlet media um, and on and on and on. Danny Pena, I had, you know, I've known him on social media, and he and I have interacted and through Twitter and things like that. But I actually got to meet him. I got to shake his hand and hug his neck and say, hey, man, you're doing a great job with Gamertag Radio. I love the community you've built, and uh, I'm so glad to know you. And you know, I'm looking forward to being down in your neck of the woods when we go to Orlando, et cetera, et cetera. So like, you have these interactions in the hallway. The sessions are wonderful, and I'm going through the virtual ticket from 2015 now. I don't know about you, but I've been listening ever since that got published. I've been listening to all the sessions that I missed, and it's great. There's such great content there. Yeah. But you, I, I can have that now throughout the year. I cannot have those personal interactions in the hallway throughout the rest of the year. So
2: and, and that's the in thing, person. right? And, and, you know, Jared, Dan, if you guys are listening, we're not encouraging not going to the sessions, but I get so <laughs> much, right? Yeah, attend the sessions, guys. But I get so much uh, in between or if I happen to miss a session because I get the virtual ticket. And yes, I've been listening to them because they're amazing speakers, amazing things. Well, you will learn so much. But the personal interactions, I think, is one of the most powerful things I get every year I've gone.
0: Well, and, and the, it's, what it does is it's, you, you create – and it's shallow, some of it, obviously, because it's like who are you and what's your show like and what do you do and you know, how many kids do you have and what's your family <laughs> life et cetera, et cetera. You know, those sorts of conversations and you have a million of those. You have those over and over again. But what it does is it, it's the fertile ground that you then can come back on and lay uh, you know deep – roots for an actual friendship and relationship with long-term and that's what's happened to me in 2015 we laid a little ground with Corey and tawny Fennerin and nick schuberling and now those guys i went and stayed with them uh, i i stayed at Corey and tawny's house before we came down to chicago for 2016 uh josh my co-host just went back to Corey and tawny's house like last weekend to hang out for a cubs game so like that's a real friendship now. That's a real relationship. These guys, uh, Kale Ownby is another one that I lean on a lot that I did not know until I met him at Podcast Movement. We developed a, the, the beginnings of a friendship there, and now we've deepened it over time through interaction, through email and phone calls, and and, and almost like a, we don't have an official mastermind group, but those guys are the ones that I, if I've got a great idea or a bonehead idea, those are the ones that I bounce it off of, right? Like I go to my team, you know? And a conference in many cases is where you meet those people that can help form your team. Because the fact of the matter is as much as your mom and dad and your, you know, your spouse love you and support you and your business plan, if they're not in your industry, their advice is only so beneficial. You know what I mean? So when you're trying to do these things and when you're trying to chase these dreams, you need other people who are walking similar paths that you can, Continually, uh, you know, one of my clients says, "Iron sharpens iron." He uses that phrase a lot, and it's, it rings so true to me. But that is exactly what we're looking for, right? We're looking for those other other pieces of iron that can sharpen our own.
2: And you know, this this a whole episode just kind of went to the importance of networking, and I love it because it's true. Um, you actually had some opportunities come from 2016, right? Are Are, are you speaking anymore? Yeah.
0: Yes, so I've got I've got two speaking engagements coming up directly because of what I did at, at uh, Podcast Movement uh, 15. Uh, I'm going to be speaking in um, November, right before the election, actually, at DC PodFest. I'm really excited about that one. Uh, I haven't been to DC since I was in high school, uh, and it will be a historic time to be there, <laughs> won't it? Uh, well, either indeed. way, that things are going to go. Uh, so that that will be exciting. Uh, and then I'm also going to be speaking in, and this one's going to be, that one's a, a quick, like a red eye in and a red eye out. The trip, though, to uh, Orlando in February, we're going to make it um, sort of a, a, a mini, uh, maybe a, a, I don't know, a second honeymoon or something. The wife and I are both going. We're going to go to Orlando for PodFest down there. Um, really excited. Chris Kremitzos and 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 crew, they've got a really big thing brewing over the next couple of years and of course the the um, highlight of that event is going to be they're going to premiere the messengers documentary i don't know if you've been following that at all but if you're into podcasting it is a really cool project they're doing a really good job with it and that's going to be i think the world premiere is at as at uh, podfest in orlando so i'm going to be speaking at both of those and um knock on wood hopefully maybe i'll be back uh, at pmx or at podcast movement 2016 as well
2: which i i If you try, I think you would make it because you're a wonderful speaker. And guys, the links to DC Podfest, if Orlando has one, I'll I'll get the link for that. And the documentary will be on the show notes page because you should check out the documentary, especially. They have a Kickstarter or Indiegogo uh, thing. So if you could support them, that'd be fantastic. They're doing an amazing job. Um, I saw some of it. Isn't that the one that was um, previewed for us?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got Glenn the Geek, and yep. features Sean Smith, uh, the mobilepro.net, and, uh, and Danny Pena uh, from Gamertag Radio. Uh, those are three of the big uh, figures that are, are featuring in it early. They've also created a podcast, which I started listening to. Um, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting has created this um, really cool narrative podcast about the making of the documentary about podcasting. It is as meta as you want to get, man. It goes all the way down.
2: And that's, it goes, it's kind of the thing you were talking about with audio and how many things are happening. It's just kind of, it will always be there and it'll just continue to grow and opportunities are going to only increase. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some new way for you to use your audio equipment outside of podcasting and um, audio books and things like that. There's going to be some new thing. Somebody smarter than I is going to come up with probably in the next year or two.
0: Well, I think if you look at the big players in technology, every single one of them now is involved in the audio space you know pretty directly um microsoft with skype that's sort of their biggest play um, you know, iTunes obviously has the podcast, uh, store and, and they've been in it sort of since, you know, 2005, I think, um, Google has now moved into it with the Google play music app, uh, hosting podcasting, at least in the U S and then expanding out to the rest of the world. Audible, if you, uh, podcast movement, 2016, uh, Eric Newsom, who is one of the executives with audible, um, he made an announcement about their sort of spoken word entry. They've got a a whole host of original shows that are podcasts, just not delivered in the traditional way. Um, you know, that, that that's a really interesting, anyway, everybody is working on this thing. And I think <laughs> as the album cover said, you know, 150,000 Elvis fans can't be wrong or whatever, you know, all of these companies can't be wrong either. This is, a continuing to grow medium it's not growing at an exponential I don't think there's ever going to be another like hockey stick uptick in the explosion of podcasting. I think it's going to be just on a every year year over year continual growth uh, until it effectively swallows all of spoken word entertainment really will be delivered in this on demand fashion I think um, and so with that in mind, like if you have a passion about something, if you have um, you know a hunger to discuss a topic the technology is made easier every single day you know there is a new company that's cropping up to try to give you an all-in-one solution uh, for recording and editing and posting and hosting and all of the other things that you want to do uh, and there's there's a lot of tutorials um, as a matter of fact uh, not to plug myself and pat myself on the back too much but I am currently working on a podcast 101 course that's going to be available on my on my own website uh, and and um You know, I I think what it is is there is such an availability for people to have their voices heard. And some people are worried about oversaturation with that. But, Amy, I am not worried about oversaturation. I think that that is the path forward to, like, a better society. When we can all hear each other and we can all actually listen to each other, then we can begin to have empathy and understanding. And I think that solves so many societal issues in a way that we've never had an opportunity to do before, just because we don't know how to listen to each other in a sort of a safe and and secure way. You know, you can, it doesn't matter how uh, straight, white bread, uh, middle America, you know, I've never even seen a black person you are. You can download an episode of Another Round and get a dose of Tracy and Heaven and really understand them as people. And you can do it on your own terms, in your own place, in secret. You don't have to expose your peer group to the fact that you're trying new things. You don't have to um, you take a, a scary walk into a different neighborhood, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to get out of your bubble and yet you can be exposed to someone else's heart and their, their feelings and their thoughts. And to me, boy, that is the way forward. That is the way forward. If we're exposed to each other's hearts and our desires, we will understand that we are more alike than we are different.
2: I think that's, yeah, that was one of the themes, I mean, from Podcast Movement is sharing your story. And I think everybody has one. And if you go outside your comfort zone and listen to a different podcast that you may not normally listen to about a topic you may not know anything about, I think you're right. The power of podcasting could share your story and the impact you may not see immediately, uh, but I think it would still be powerful nonetheless.
0: Well, and, and it's the intimacy of the medium, too, right? If you think about how we listen to podcasts, I mean, even right now, I've got earbuds literally in my ear. Your voice, when you talk to me, is inside of me. You know, it's in my head. Um, that is intimate, and it affects us on a, a subconscious level. It it literally, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm not going to do it as eloquently, but someone at Podcast Movement 2015, they talked about the science of... Um, speak, speech and the science of hearing and the science of audio. And when you speak and I hear it, you are physically touching my ears, you know, and the inside of my ears. That is a, it's a physical connection that you and I are sharing. That is super powerful. And it's not going away anytime soon. And we all have access to it now. We can, we can both accept it and experience it from other voices and we can send our own voice out into the world in that same way. Effectively for free, man. Why didn't everybody take advantage of that? Why do not everybody take advantage of that?
2: And I think they should. And guys, definitely look into consider podcasting, consider audio because it's a medium that is powerful, more powerful than you realize. And Joel, I am so glad you were able to come onto the show and we could have this conversation because I think uh, one us running into two other was it was great. It was one of the best things of podcast movement, and I think this conversation, especially the importance of networking and taking advantage of opportunities is something people need to be reminded of.
0: Yeah. I, it went in a, a couple of different directions than yeah. I, than I had originally intended it to, or maybe you intended it to, but I think that that's the beauty of podcasting, right? Is that it's not regimented. It's not formatted. It's not formatted. It's not, um, ordered or ordained from above. Uh, it can sort of happen and exist organically. And it's the reason why you have such interesting conversations sometimes. Um, It is a fascinating, beautiful medium, and I'm really, really glad to be a part of it. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and I'm glad that people like you are in it, too, and working hard to move the space forward.
2: Well, and that's the good part about these conversations and and why I don't always uh, prepare questions, because I think the conversation that needs to be had kind of evolves. But that being said, you still have to tell those who are listening. What is something that you would recommend to someone chasing their dreams?
0: Oh, man. Uh, So and I use this, I'm going to use this advice. This is sort of the, my, my advice for the year. Last year I talked on and on about editing, uh, specifically no matter whether you're a painter or a writer or a, Podcaster or whatever, edit. When you edit, you save time for yourself in a very small amount, but for your audience in an exponential amount. Right? If you have you save one minute out of a podcast, or you cut one page off of a book, but you have a hundred readers, that's a hundred pages that you've saved. If you have a thousand readers, that's a thousand pages you've saved. If it's a million downloads, you've saved a million minutes out of the world's time with that one edit that you made. So that was last year's advice. This year's advice is lean into uncomfortability. I'm going to give you a real short anecdote. Um, I am married to a beautiful woman named Kelly Johansson Sharpton. Kelly is a widow. She lost her husband um, right about the same time as I um, found myself in the middle of a separation and divorce from my first wife. We, we both had our lives changed in uh, 2010. We ended up back in this college town. She was already here. I had moved back here after the separation, and we became friends uh, through Facebook first. She liked my radio station, and she reached out to me. We had some people in common from our past, and she says, hey, you don't know me, but I like your station. I like what you're doing, uh, and we were Facebook friends for a while. We met Sanco de Mayo of 2011, and I told her that night that she was a beautiful woman, and I would very much like to give her my phone number. And I would like to have hers, and I'd like to spend some time with her. But I needed to tell her up front. I, I was a recent you know, divorcee. I've got these two kids that I share custody of, and I'm a very devoted father. I'm really trying to still find my feet with that, and I don't I'm not going to have a real relationship. I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'd like to spend time with you. You are a wonderful person, but I don't want a girlfriend. I told her that for several months. And then I told her she was my girlfriend, if she wanted to be, <laughs> but that I was never, ever going to get married again. And I told her that for several months. And then I told her that we might get married someday, but I couldn't have any more children. I d- just didn't have it in me. I loved my boys, and I really wanted to focus on them. And, and, and I, I just, I, I liked, I was trying to build this career, and I needed to do things, and we couldn't have any more kids. And I told her that for a few months. And uh, then we got married on April 20th, 2013. The Monday before we were married, we discovered that we were pregnant. <laughs> Eighteen weeks later, we discovered that we were pregnant with twins, and so now we have not uh, one more child but two. We now have four kids, uh, ages eight, seven, and two two two-and-a-half-year-old twin girls, and all of these things were as every bit as uncomfortable as I imagined they would be, which is why I told her that I didn't want to do them and that I wasn't going to do them. And yet, all of those things are the greatest things in my life. My wife and my kids and this new life that we built together – It's the cornerstone of everything else that I'm doing. When I stepped out as an independent contractor in January of 2016, the only reason I was able to do that is because I have this incredibly supportive wife who understands what I'm doing, sort of. (laughs) She believes in it even when she doesn't understand it. And she wants me to not only be able to make money and support the family, but she wants me to do that in a way that feeds me. And, and supports me as a human being and as a creative individual. And she knows that's important and a cornerstone of us being a happy, healthy couple and relationship moving forward. And I never would have gotten to any of that. I never would have had the partner to build this business or this life with if I hadn't leaned into the uncomfortability of, of you know meeting another father-in-law. I didn't want a father-in-law again. You know, I didn't want to meet anybody's family. I didn't want to have to move in their stuff. I didn't want to have to, she's got dogs. She's got dogs from her first marriage. These two dogs are old dogs. They do not like me. They were around before me. They consider that they will be around after me, even though that is not the case. Um, You know, they, they, it's an adversarial relationship. All of that is uncomfortable, but it's also wonderful. It's where like the spice and the spark and the wonderfulness of life is. So, Lean into uncomfortability whenever possible.
2: I love that saying. A hilarious story, by the way. But I do love that saying. Joel, thank you so much for coming onto the show, sharing your story, and an amazing quote. Hopefully we'll get to have you back on later on.
0: Hey, anytime. Amy, I am, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of you. I'm a big fan of anybody who is chasing their dreams. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that, that I'm on board and doing it, too. Um, you can uh, see the dreams that I'm chasing if you want to check me out over at joelsharpton.com uh, or the podcast at alwayslisteningpod.com. Those are uh, the two websites.
2: Before we stopped recording officially, Joel and I were talking um, you know, outside of the podcast, and um, he had an interesting take about how we're going to change the world. And I really think it's something – you guys should listen to because it's, it's very powerful and something I, I agree with. So here's Joel.
0: I watch, my kids watch this show called Word World, right? Have you ever heard of this? No. It is a, it's a beautiful cartoon. It's on PBS and uh, everything in the world, all the characters are made of letters. So like if it's a sheep, it's literally the letters S-H-E-E-P put together to form the shape of a sheep, right? So once uh, the main characters, sheep and dog and uh, duck, they meet an elephant in the forest one day and the elephant is a big long word right and they're trying to w- w- say the word they can't w- how do we how do we say elephant how do we spell elephant i don't know an elephant tells them you do a big word the same way as you do a little word you just do it one bit at a time and that's the way we're going to change the world too amy we don't have to worry about fixing all of society's problems you just go next door and you make your neighbor's front yard a little nicer And you make your yard a little nicer. And then you go talk to the neighbor across the street and the three of y'all get together and go make the guy next door a little nicer. And you just, you just work there. You do it one bit at a time and we'll all be better off.
2: Thank you once again to Joel Sharpton for coming onto the show and sharing his dream chase story about how he's chasing his dreams and loving life. He's having a great time guys. And, if you do what he did, start networking, go out of your comfort zone, meet new people, you might be surprised by the doors that opens for you. Guys, you can find all the show notes and the links mentioned here today on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 55. That's episode 55. Five. And before I sign off, I do want to thank you guys also for listening to the lesson Joel was sharing from Word World, because you know, with his permission, we put it into the episode. The elections are coming up. A lot of things are happening in the world today on a local city, state, country, global world scale. And it can be very daunting and it can be intimidating. And you may think you can't do anything about it. And I and Joel and others are here to say that's not true, okay? While it does seem daunting, take a step back, and remember what we just said. Remember the words from Word World because it's a it's a kid's lesson, a basic lesson that can be applied here. You know, start small, start with you, start with what's around you, you know, bring a friend, bring another friend, and keep on going. You know, you might be surprised by what you can do and the impact you'll have on society. So do that, get involved, because I absolutely chasing your dreams, important. Also important making sure the world that you chase those dreams in is a better place. So do what you can and then keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at ChasingDreamsHQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at amyj 21 that's A I M E E J 2 1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week and until then, keep chasing.